What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Graveyard. I am the Graveyard Gamer. Thank you for joining me for this Graveyard review of Ghost of Tsushima. Now, if you've been following my review for a while, you know that I tried to get into the game last year. Ultimately, it didn't work. I put about 10 hours into it. However, I was also kind of pressed for time. Like, I was trying to squeeze in as much as I could before Assassin's Creed Valhalla came out. And ultimately, on this podcast, I actually said, guys, this game's just not for me. As much as I would like it to be, it's just not. I can't get into it. Well, as much as the gaming community loved this game, and my good friend Hulking Yoda over at Lost at Sea Gaming loved this game, go check his review out as well, I thought to myself, man, there's, I, I gotta try it again. I gotta try this game when I have the free time and I can really just soak it in and not feel pressured. Well, I have done that. I have completed Ghost, and at this point in time, I got a question. Was it worth a replay? Did I love the game this time, or is it just that Sony exclusive I just can't get into? Well, let's jump in and let's find out. So gamers, let's start off with the graphics, and let me just say right off the bat, and very honestly, this is one of the most beautiful games I have ever played. This is one of those games that have an art style that really push the medium of gaming. While it doesn't look the same, it reminds me of the PS2 game Akami where you've got like the dog and it's like everywhere you go makes a painting that's what i feel like in this game because the way the leaves blow in this game just make each environment look like it is a moving painting i love it the colors that they use really help define each area the cold north has darker colors and grays the middle area is darker yellows and browns and the first area has way more pop to it with a lot of bright greens now, don't think the further north you go, it's less beautiful, because there's definitely spots of green in there. There's definitely some nice, beautiful ponds and waters and stuff. It's just they use a certain style to kind of differentiate each one, and I really, really loved it. What I think this also does is it helps the game organically reflect the amount of time that is going on in the game's story. It makes it feel like it has lasted several months from the beginning of the invasion to the end of the game. And I believe that was accomplished really because of the colors being used and the progression in which you went from the south all the way to that third area where it's got the different color grays and whatnot. I also want to point out that I loved how each of the three areas had their own different landscapes. The first area is very open and it's got woods in a lot of spaces. I thought that was cool. The second area is filled with these tall bamboo areas and marshlands. And the third area has a nice mix of flat open area, marsh areas, and cold mountain areas as well. I thought it was really cool. But that being said, you might ask, okay, I got the R style looks good, but what about the actual graphics? These graphics are amazing. There is not one blurry line in this game. All of the main characters' faces all look great. Ton of detail. The animations are on point. They show a range of emotions that they are feeling. And believe me, this game story will make them feel a ton of emotions. Now, I can't speak highly about the graphics enough. I did play on the PS5. I don't know if that made a huge difference. But if I had to knock one part... Oddly enough, it's the waterfalls. Hulking Yoda mentioned this in his review as well, and I have to agree. They're not horrible, but I mean, the way the water looks in ponds, the way it looks in rivers going by, and just the way the rest of the environment looks, the waterfalls, they just look out of place for some reason. Like, they never went back in and added the real waterfalls. They just kept the placeholders in there. Gamers, let's talk about the story of this game. And the story starts in 1274, when the Mongols, led by Kobakan, invade Tsushima. 
the samurai of the Shimura clan, led by Led Shimura, and his nephew, the game's protagonist, Jin Sakai, they're going to try to fight these Mongols off. It's not going to go well. That battle, they're going to be completely destroyed, and Lord Shimura is going to be captured. Now, Jin is going to immediately try to rescue his uncle. Not going to go well. Going to get thrown off a bridge. Now, what's going to happen is he's going to be rescued by Yuna, a local thief. From there, your adventure will truly begin as Jin will try and recruit members, friends, and new allies against the Mongols and Khan. I'm going to leave it there. I'm going to keep it very vague because this story has a lot of ups and downs. It's got some great beats from victories, heartbreak, unity, betrayal. The game is just all over the place. It is so well done. I absolutely loved it. But really to sum it up, it's really what does honor mean? And, you know, samurais had this vision of honor, meaning you have to do things a certain way. And Jin realizes that's not going to work against the mongrels. He has to do it a different way. There's this one really great line that I loved at the end of the game. A character tells Jin, you have no honor. And he replies, and you're a slave to it. Because throughout this game, he realizes he has to do different things. Mainly, samurai would not do stealthy maneuvers. Jin will do that. There's a point... Toward the end of the second act, the Jin will do something very drastic. It makes sense, but the samurai are like just aghast at what he would do. And that is how he becomes known as the ghost. Because for one, people think he's ghost, they think he's dead. But the other thing is, he's moving in the shadows. He's doing things samurais don't do. And honestly, guys, that's all the main story. I absolutely thought it was great. The game also has tales, if you will, from certain allies. All in all, I thought these were great. They really help you get to know the people you're working with to reclaim the island. My absolute favorite was working with Lady Masakai to track down her family's killer. Now, these were just so well done that I really connected with each character a lot more. And there are also random story missions that really help you connect with the people of the island to show you how devastating war can be. Then you also deal with musicians who kind of tell you a story and they'll tell you where to go for something. And what's really cool is it's kind of, a lot of them are a little open-ended, so you kind of got to put the clues together. And you're usually rewarded with a new skill, a new weapon. And the cool thing is they're all told in a really cool art style that I thought was pretty cool to kick it off. When you take all the side missions and the main missions and put them together, you start getting this really great picture of what life is like going on during this time. I thought that was awesome. One cool thing is there's a lot of documents and artifacts and different things to find, but 10 of them involve a conversation with Khan that really shines a different light on him as well. I thought those were super interesting. Every time I found one of those, I was definitely reading it. Overall, I didn't feel like there was any fluff in this story or any of the side missions. In all honesty, at one point on a Friday, I had texted Hulk and Yoda and I said, man, I was like, I think I'll probably be done with this game in about a week. I was just that wrapped up in the story. I knew I was on the third act, but I was just kind of thinking it was going to be a little bit longer. Well, that night I started playing, I looked, I was on the next to last mission. Like, it was just, there's, it's not a quick game. You're not going to be done super quick. It's probably going to at least take you 25 hours if you're just playing the story. But the story is just so well done. It's not fluff to just keep you playing. It's not too short. They do an excellent job telling the story that needs to be told to do the characters justice. Alright gamers, let's talk about gameplay, and this is a third person action game. Now there's a few unique button options that I want to point out. Now in this game, you're actually going to use the triggers as function buttons as well. When you hold L2 down, while that will aim your bow, it's also going to allow you to use the directional pad to switch which type of arrow, which type of bow, or which throwing item you want to use. 
Holding R2 is going to switch up your fighting stances. I'll talk about that more in a minute. Just pressing R2, that's how you'll interact with the world, items, and picks different things up. Now, the reason I bring up the use of L2 and R2 is because I thought of using them, and even holding R1 does some things as well, is a great and easy way to allow quick changes to your weapons. This stops you from having to move to an inventory screen to switch out different bows, for example, which is an issue I had, if you remember, in Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Now, to use your sword, you're going to use the square and the triangle as your main button attacks for sword play. Uh, I also like to point out that the right direction pad is already a quick button just to go straight into photo mode. I thought that was really cool that they did that. Swiping up on the touchpad is the guiding wind. It'll blow across the screen. And this is the game's navigation. There are no landmarkers. Once you put a target on something, you have to follow the wind to get there. I thought that was actually really cool, really uniquely done. Now when it comes to the feel of swordplay, let's talk about the stances. You have four and they're used to help you fight the variety of different enemies you're going to fight. For example, you have a stance for the brutes, for the sword users, for enemies with staffs and ones with shields. I actually enjoyed this because I never found myself frustrated with one enemy type. Like typically brutes, when I see brutes in games, I'm usually like, ugh, I don't want to deal with that. But since this game actually gave you your own stance and it caused more damage to that enemy type, I felt it was a great workaround. Plus it freshened up the moves. You've seen different combos. I really did enjoy that. In addition to the stances, you also unlock ghost attacks. Now, these are attacks that can really help clear out enemies. One is a major stab move that'll break down an enemy's defenses because you will all have your defenses up and you have to break that down before you can actually really start hurting these guys. Another one is like a three-hit combo that, depending on the weakness of the enemies, you could take out three right in a row. It's awesome. But the one that is the most useful one allows you where you can one-hit kill up to five enemies, all while being completely untouchable. Now, here's the deal. To earn that one, you have to kill seven enemies in a row without taking any damage. One arrow, one swipe of somebody's sword, and you have to start all the way over I thought that was just a really cool challenge. It definitely made you pay attention to what you were doing. And as you're randomly in the open world or you're coming up to a fort, you might have the opportunity to challenge one person to a standoff. Now at this point you'll hold the triangle button and you have to release it right before they attack. Now if you do that, it's really cool because at that point then you can take up to seven people out, depending on what armor you're wearing, in one hit kills. Now. The thing of it is though, if you mess that up, because they're going to try to psych you out, if you mess that up, you are going to lose so much health. Even if one of your opponents runs up to you, one, like the third or fourth guy in that row, if you mess theirs up, when they hit you, they're going to take a ton of health off. So just be aware of that. Occasionally, when I would have like the armor on that would allow me to take up to five people out, around the fourth or fifth person, it would start to get hard to see the way the camera was slow-mo moving. And I did find myself getting hit once or twice, so just be aware of that. However, man, I really enjoyed Standoff. And the last major combat piece is duels. These are throughout the game and in the story missions as well. There's cinematic fights that are just one-on-one -on -one fights. You can only use swords. That means no throwables, no bow and arrow. And I really liked them because they were way more challenging than just normal fights. And when you get one of these in a story mission or, or in a tale, uh, for me, it just made it more impactful. Now, throughout the game, you're also going to be earning skill points uh, to upgrade your abilities. You'll be unlocking several different types of abilities. There's a ton in here to get. 
Now you're also going to be collecting several type of resources to upgrade your weapons as well, whether it be in strength or quantity of the items you have. But you might say, what about the missions? Now, to be honest, there are so many good ones here. You will have ones that just involve you going in and wrecking shop. You're going to have some massive battles that are so fun. One thing also to point out is your allies, they never need your help in battle. I thought that's awesome. My only real gripe to the structure is the fact that a lot of missions start off where, you know, the mission marker is in one area. So you go there, you talk to the person, cutscene's done, cool, let's go do this. Well, then you're going to ride a good bit to the actual mission. Like, to me, I didn't have a problem with the riding, but at the same time, if it takes, you know, a couple minutes to go across to where the mission actually starts, you're only just sitting there on a horse. You don't really have freedom. You can't just hop off and run off. I mean, technically you can, but it just stops everything. So you're kind of just forced to sit there and go. Personally, in my opinion, I would rather meet somebody at a lot closer to where the mission's going to kick off and just have a cutscene play out to kind of tell all that. Now, again, if this would have happened once or twice in the game, it wouldn't have bothered me, but it happens a lot in the main stories and in a lot of the side stuff. So, again, I think it could have just been handled better. Again, the traveling and the way they told the story didn't really bother me. I just think it left a lot of idle time that could have been better used. Now, when you're traveling around the world, you got your trusty steed, a horse you're going to name. There is some light parkour in the game as well, though I do hope they build up on it in the future. To be honest with you, when you're in the environment, you're trying to get up and down rocky areas or cliffs. To me, it's very reminiscent of Metal Gear Solid 5, where there's only certain areas you can climb. However, understand that climbing up a building when you're in settlements, there's not any issue to that. It's just the environments around the world. I mean, you're a samurai, you're not a ninja, it's something to keep track of. But I just think it could have been a little bit smoother to kind of help you get away and, and blend in and get to that next area as well. But what are you going to be doing during your travels? Oh, gamers, there is so much to do here. Forming hakus, taking a hidden bath, finding altars that are a lot of fun and challenging to figure out how to get to them with your trusty grapple hook. Areas with new weapons design. There's the fox den that people knew so much about. It was all over social media because you could pet the foxes. My personal favorite, though, is the bamboo strikes. Now, these are kind of mind games. These things that it, you just have to pay attention to the way you hit the buttons. And, man, some of them are so close where it's like just every other one is off. Uh, but it was like that mental mind challenge. I really got into it. Like, I got to clear my mind. I have to do this. So I had a lot of fun with that. Now, the way you find these is these are point of interest. They're very classic in the last five, six years of gaming. It's just a question mark on the map. As you go through the map, it's a big fog over it. You start to clear things off. As you complete forts, they'll take off big spots. Obviously, walking around will take off a little. Honestly, it's like a snail trail. It takes a while to really clear out the map. I felt like they could have done a little bit easier on that and kind of, you know, open it up a little bit more as you went along. I didn't really see the point of hiding everything so much. But again, man, I would like to point out that the more forts you take out, you are going to clear uh, a good portion. Now, here's my biggest annoyance with this game by far. Legend markers. When they introduce multiplayer in the game, they introduce legend markers. And what this is, is little markers in the world you go to and you can enter legends mode. Since I was trying to clear the map, going to a point of interest, only to have it unlock and show you that it is actually a legend marker... I can't tell you how frustrating that got because there are so many in the world. And again, if I'm trying to clear out the map, I don't care about entrance to multiplayer. There's actually a tab in the menu screen to jump right to it. So 
you know, I don't know if there's just something about these going in this way, set something up. I don't know. But all I know is as a single player gamer, just trying to do stuff, trying to clear it out because I wanted to complete everything in the game. It was very frustrating to go way out of my way just to get to a point of interest that would turn into, hey, come join multiplayer. So I didn't like that at all. They should have just had those things unlocked from the very beginning. One last small thing I will point out about the map. This isn't really a negative. It's just something I hope they tweak and follow on games is they have a color for the map that's very light. You know, you have a darker outline or whatnot, but the color of the map itself is very light. The point of interest are white. So sometimes it can get very easy to overlook one of these point of interest just because they blend in very well with the actual map. Gamers, let's talk about trophies and fun factor. For me, the trophies were extremely well done in this game. I mean, this is a game that if you're trying to accomplish everything, which as much as I enjoyed the stuff in this game was very easy for me to go after, you should have pretty much no trouble with the trophies. There's a few miscellaneous ones, but overall, I found the trophies to be so enjoyable because the game itself is so enjoyable. Now, this also led me to getting the Platinum Trophy. I'm very excited about this. I had a great time. I'm very proud of the Platinum in this game. Now, as fun factor goes, gamers, I gotta say, this game is just, it's a lot of fun. The combat in this game just makes it so exciting. Swordplay, I just, I loved it. I have to say that when I came back to this game, from start to finish, I have loved my time with it. Gamers, let's talk about that final score. And look, this game is truly deserving of all the praise it has received over the last year, I am big enough to say that the gripes that I had with it last year, walking away from it, mm, I was wrong. I mean, this game is fantastic. It really, truly is great. I can't wait to see the expansion. Just to jump back in the world, have something new to do, it's awesome. Yes, I had my minor gripes, but the story, the characters, the graphics, the art style, the world, they are all top notch. My final score for Ghost of Tsushima is 9.75 out of 10. Gamers, I would love to know your thoughts on Ghost. Please let me know at thegraveyardgamer@gmail.com. You can also find me on Instagram at thegraveyardgamer or you can find me on Twitter at thegraveyardg. Till next time, I'll be creeping around the graveyard.